Welcome to Market Scale Pro AV. I'm Sean Heath. Today I have an opportunity to have a conversation with the Director of Program Design for Avixa, Rachel Bradshaw. Rachel, how are you today? I'm very well, Sean. How are you? I'm doing very well. Kind of nervous. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Having worked in the Pro AV space for a few years, um, you're kind of a big deal. So I'm, I'm, very, <laughs> I'm a little nervous, but I'll muddle through. You have been a, a driving force for Infocom. Perhaps some people have heard of that. The first thing I want to know is, that's a big show. Is there a day of the year you're not thinking about the next one? No, there really isn't. Um, I'm already referring to 2018 as last year in a manner that really confuses people because we're so deep into the planning for 2019. Um, now, that it's, now that it's September, I mean, we're we're already we've already closed our call for presentations for 2019 we were talking about what we wanted to to do in 19 and 20 and beyond three months before 18 opened um so we it it is very strange to me that i spend 365 days of my year primarily focused on on one event that's hard for me to fathom and it's hard for me to fathom how my colleagues that work uh, on our shows globally and host you know nine shows a year live their lives but on the other hand we have we have a massive program it is there's a lot going on and it takes care and attention and feeding year round Here's one interesting thing about Infocom. You have a three-day pre-conference. Before the thing even starts, you've got three days of seminars, workshops. How do you start? I mean, there is an infinite number. uh, That's a little bit of uh, hyperbole on my side, but there is a very large number of topics that you could choose from, and it's constantly changing because of the technologically advanced nature of the industry. How do you narrow down the things that that you want to focus on when it could change four days before the seminar starts? Well, that infinite change is actually a big driver for what we program where. So in the three-day program that we do pre-conference, those are actually three-day programs. People commit to spend three full days immersing themselves in a single topic. Um, So those courses tend to focus on universal truths, things that we can really study and build out over the course of a year or years and will remain um, universally true base principles. The technology involved in executing those base principles may change, but the uh, fundamental best practices behind something like AV system design, identifying user needs, um, design thinking for AV, uh, system setup, which is focused on system performance rather than on the components within the system. Those things we can we can study and whatever technical technological changes may occur between now and the show, they can be incorporated into the class uh, on an example basis, but the truths, the objectives of the class remain true. Now, for 
those sessions that focus more on technological upheaval and how to deal with the new technological ecosystem that we're living in today and that is always evolving, those types of sessions, those types of topics tend to be part of our more flexible programs. You know, we have uh, one hour up to four hour seminars and workshops that take place throughout the show. And it is very easy to slip something in last minute if we if we discover that there's a topic that we suddenly really need to address. Um, or it's very easy to work with our presenters to say, you know, this has changed. We need to take another look at this program and approach it differently. Um, because those programs are designed to be more responsive to the changing landscape. Now, you started out uh, in this industry from a learning presentation side, um, education mm-hmm. support, and you have just slowly but surely been recognized and, and moved up into your, your current position. But the thing that you've carried with you the entire way is your love for the creative side of Pro AV. Uh, you're an educator, but you're really an artist at heart. And I'm really curious, what what is it that inspires you recently as far as the blend or the expression of art in the Pro AV space? Oh, gosh. It's, it's hard to pick one. Um, so I don't know if you last year uh, had any exposure to the folks from Shared Studios, um, but they're they're a group that uh, works on a global project called Portals, um, and I was very inspired by that last year. Um, their their project creates these shared spaces. They're done in things like shipping containers or even uh, blow up like inflatable tents. We had one at Tide last year. But you step into this space and someone somewhere else in the world, in in Pakistan, in Caracas, in Germany, steps into a space that in its interior is identical. And it seems as though you're sharing a room together. And the idea behind what started as an art project and has become a global platform for collaboration, for learning, for project development, um, is this idea that when you bring people together in a way that feels physical, that feels visceral, where they feel like they're breathing the same air, then you allow them to connect in a way that transcends bias and transcends the sort of numbing uh, effect of the statistics that we read in the news or the generalizations we might read about a place or a people. Um, It brings you face to face with an individual who becomes a real human person to you. And that's both an incredibly beautiful idea and an incredibly useful idea because these spaces have become the foundation for people doing shared research projects into disease prevention, into people developing businesses together. Um, It's really become a a pretty incredible jumping off point. And it's all powered by somebody looking at, you know, what is essentially – a unified communication system, which is essentially just teleconferencing and saying, how can we tell a story about this technology that that allows people to see the the beauty inherent in it? Um, so that that was really exciting to me, getting to to know that project and to know the people that worked on it this year. Um, I've also recently been talking to a studio called 
ouch, three H's. I highly recommend this YouTube rabbit hole to you if you've not been down it. Um, but they're doing really interesting work with, uh, with projection mapping, with creating art installations that incorporates artificial intelligence as an artistic medium. Um, so there's a, there's one installation that they've done. It's one of the largest uh, one of the largest AI installations that's ever existed, where they fed an AI uh, thousands of texts, scientific texts about light, and that AI processed those texts and used them to create immersive graphics, and it's just a visual representation of the computer's understanding of humans human understanding of light and it's it's sort of hypnotic to watch but it's also just sort of a glimpse into a future where we're going to be able to use artificial intelligence not just to aid us in our decision making or to speed our processes but to help us see our own minds see our own insights in completely new ways. And some of those ways are going to be very practical and some of those ways are just going to be expressions of joy. Um, and I think that that both of those things have value. You know, I, I say to myself frequently, when when a bunch of astronauts to get get together and try to go to the moon, yes, you get you go to the moon and there's value in that, but you also invent Velcro. There's value in the process too. You discover a lot along the way. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there are a lot of really incredible artists working in our industry right now, and they're going to discover things that we don't know how yet, but our entire industry is going to use them. When individuals are put together in an environment that allows them to share creativity, there is literally a synergy that you know that's been a buzzword for for several years and it it gets demeaned a little bit because it gets categorized as a buzzword but it's a buzzword because it's an actual thing. It's a it's not just a concept, it's a reality. When artists get together, they have the ability to create something that they might not have been able to create on their own. And I think that is a concept that you like to talk about called trickle-down creativity. <laughs> Do me a favor and explain to me how two artists get together, come up with an idea, and then that idea can change even the technology that those two artists originally used to come up with that idea in the first place. Hmm. And we're going to have to think about this for a, first, for a little bit because I mostly just sit back and watch these artists uh, do that rather than doing it myself. I'm like an innocent bystander for these sorts of things. Um let me think. Okay, I've got one. Um, so this year at Center Stage, uh, there were a couple of folks, Yo-Yo Lin, and I'm, I need to. I may need to confirm this with you, but I think her, I think her partner in crime is David Grimbaum. Um, but they uh, they got together with an artist, uh, a, a a musician who wanted to connect more directly with his audience. He wanted to present his music in a new way. And uh, in working together, they were talking about, okay, how can you make people feel more connected 
to the experience of music? Well, what are what are some ways that that we can make people feel connected to to other experiences? Well, we we leverage personalization. We we try to activate other senses. Um, we we try to make people feel feel uh, really focused on the the task at hand to sort of isolate them from their everyday lives so they're really um, giving their full and undivided attention to what's happening around them which allows them to collect, connect with the experience more deeply um, and in discussing their their different approaches uh, they ended up creating this new way of experiencing live music where a person would enter the space by themselves, surrender their cell phone, which I'm sure was sort of like an out-of-body experience for many people, um, and then give give some input, uh, three emotions that they were feeling right now. And then those emotions would be translated into a lighting program, and actually a scent story as they moved through the space. Um, so they would be moving through a space seemingly by themselves. The lighting would be responding to how they said they were feeling at that time. They would hear this music. And as they moved through the space, suddenly that they, they would discover that that music was being played live by the artist. And by the time that they were sharing the space with the artist and experiencing the music, they had this intense personal connection to what was happening. Um, so that was a really incredible collaboration that totally reimagined what the experience of going to a concert could be like for a person. And that then they were, they're also working on uh, creating its scale by turning it into a virtual reality experience. So the, the possibilities for iteration upon these creative ideas are really endless. You mentioned giving up your, your cell phone. I would imagine that... Uh, our connection to our cell phone in I have this theory that it's becoming an additional sense that we possess mm -hmm. an additional connection uh, a way that we parse or process information and it seems that when art specifically in a pro AV context is able to combine more than one sense it creates a new paradigm it creates a new way to see or experience something that uh, you know a static painting or just a piece of music that you listen to on headphones doesn't convey just by itself with the amount of technology that you get to see and the amount of creativity do you get to see is there a pretty equal balance between artistic drive influencing the forward march of innovation with the freedom that new innovations give artists to explore with. Did that question make sense? Yes, it did. And and yes, I think there is. I think that a lot of artists really view uh, our, our tools as, as, a, as a medium, like, like paint, like marble. It's one one more medium for expression of creative ideas. But when they find a partner who themselves is a really creative or innovative AV practitioner, they discover that it's more, that the creativity inherent in the AV industry 
empowers them to think in new ways about their own work. And by the way, I think that this this creativity and this sophisticated understanding of experience is applicable to a lot more than just than just fine art or the most immediate application of that fine art in like immersive retail experience or or uh, live live event experiences. Um, I was having a, a conversation with one of my many brilliant subject matter expert expert volunteers recently, and he was talking about how, you know, we all understand that meetings take place. Um, but if we have a more sophisticated understanding of what kinds of meetings are taking place in a business and what sort of thought work is being done in them, then we can be more creative about what sorts of systems we put in place to support that thought work. And people can have these kinds of immersive, transformative AV experiences in their workplace that make them more, you know, creative and connected to what they're doing at their jobs as well as, you know, in a museum or at a concert. There are so many daily experiences, so many things that are part of just our normal lives that are being radically transformed um, by technology one of those is sports, and by that I mean the way we both participate in and experience sports. I want to talk briefly mm -hmm. about esports because there is not, I think, a more graphic example of how Pro AV can change the face of something as drastically as esports. It's it's a it's a sporting event, but it's not a sporting event. It's a completely different kind of animal, and I think that's a good thing. I think when when we take existing technology and use it to create something new, mm -hmm. that's exciting. It shows it shows that we're we're still thinking. We're still trying to improve. We're not it just is. complacent and, oh, let's do things the way we do things because that's always the way we've done things. Talk to me about some of your experiences and some of your uh, perspective when it comes to the massive change that esports is bringing to the entertainment side of Pro-AV. Well, talk about a paradigm shift, right? Um, the both both a paradigm shifts and shift in terms of how we think about what a sporting event is, and also a paradigm shift in terms of what we think about gaming being. I think that the rise of esports um, acknowledges that that both of these things are really evolving in our society. It, on the on the side of gaming, it acknowledges that this is not an isolated activity. This is not something that you do alone in your basement. It is a social activity. Um, it is something that people do cooperatively, that people, that people have a shared culture around, much in the same way that there is a shared culture around football or basketball, and that there is a massive opportunity inherent in providing a shared physical space for people to commune around that shared culture. Um, but at the same time, uh, we, we understand from our experience with, uh, with sporting events generally and with the way that, you know, the, the stadium experience has evolved and it's become far more important to have technologies in place in the stadium experience that help you personalize your experience while you're there, that help you connect to all different kinds of media and st statistics like you would have access to in your home in the stadium. 
um, that provide you multiple vantage points on the game, that all of those all of those elements are really crucial. You have to support that experience in the in the communal venue because if you don't, people are going to be able to create a competitive experience in their homes. Um, so I, as we see this massive investment in city after city in esports venues and people in people purchasing team franchises valued at a million dollars or more, in people building out spectacular spaces like the new esports arena in the Luxor Ho- Hotel in Las Vegas, um, you have to predict that our industry is going to necessarily play a massive role in the success or failure in this play for a professionalized esports industry because we are the ones that are going to well i mean not solely but i i would say we have a majority share in the experience of the communal esports space and that's with respect to what not just you know the spectacular lighting and sound and screens everywhere and things like that but in respect to things like you know adherence adherence to standards that ensure that everybody in the space can clearly discern the action on screen the same way that they would if they were watching the game on twitch with their faces 10 inches from the monitor Um, it is going to take not only creativity, but discipline to realize the promise inherent in this sea change. So for the last question today, I, I don't want to cause you any anxiety, so this is purely hypothetical. Uh, I have come up with a way in this hypothetical to stop time for mm. 24 hours at a time. So you get one day with no technology. No cell phones, no emails, no electronics. Where is Rachel Bradshaw spending that 24 hours decompressing? Ah, oh, gee, Sean, what you have to understand about me that I did not include in my professional bio for obvious reasons is that I was a medieval and renaissance studies major, so that idea doesn't threaten me the way that it might some other people. Um, but most likely... I would like to say that where I'm spending that day is, you know, summiting old Rag Mountain and, you know, breathing uh, oxygen-rich air and and enjoying the the five-state view from the summit. But where I probably am is uh, my local brewery, <laughs> listening to some live music and watching my dog chase my children. Supporting local businesses. See? Exactly. Because you're a giver. That's right. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time today. Today, I've had the pleasure of having a conversation with Rachel Bradshaw, the Director of Program Design for Avixa. Rachel, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day. I know how crazy it is. You've probably got to work on lighting cues and a call sheet, and you've got to start scripting, and there's just so many things you've got to do today. I really appreciate you taking just a few minutes to talk to us. Thank you so much. Oh, Sean, thank you so much. It's been my very great pleasure, and I will have my publicist forward you a check for all of those very nice things you said to me. Thank you for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, go to marketscale.com industries. And if you have a chance, subscribe to the MarketScale publications for the latest articles, videos, and podcasts from your favorite industries.